We can waste a lot of sacred inner space holding on to unnecessary judgments and grudges. Is there someone you haven't forgiven yet? Is there someone you blame for your current circumstance? Fred Luskin, in his book, Forgive for Good, states that forming a grievance that interferes with your life follows a three-step process. Step one is taking an offense too personally. Step two is blaming the offender for how you feel. Step three is when you create a grievance story. Many people want to navigate life with peace and joy, but struggle to connect to their intuition. They find themselves overwhelmed, burned out, and frustrated. My name is Francesca Phillips, and I'm obsessed with spirituality and psychology and how the two can intersect to help you live a successful and intuitive life. I believe each of us can accomplish amazing things through balance and healthy habits instead of burnout. Consider this your go-to resource for where spiritual wellness and mindful productivity meets practical wisdom. If you're craving positivity and want to know how to find the answers within, instead of searching endlessly without, then you're in the right place. Get ready to feel supported and inspired. This is the Good Space Podcast. You're listening to the Good Space Podcast, episode number nine. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, Erin Coles. And she says, Francesca is so, so knowledgeable. She breaks down complex information in a way that's so easy to understand, easy to grasp, and easy to implement immediately. I absolutely love how she finds the intersection between spirituality, wellness, mindfulness, and productivity. It's something I truly haven't been able to find anywhere else. I would definitely suggest subscribing to this podcast and making it a must in your weekly routine. Thank you so much, Erin, for your gracious review and letting me know how the show's been helping you. You've made me smile big time. I'm grateful for you. If you want to be highlighted in an upcoming episode and help further the mission of The Good Space, make sure to subscribe and give us a review on Apple Podcasts so I can then highlight your review in an upcoming episode. It only takes a minute. You can pause the episode and come right back. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag us on your Instagram story, at find your good space, hashtag the good space to let me know that you're joining in today, as you know that I love to share those screenshots on our stories too. All right, let's begin. Last week, we learned about the importance of connection from the wonderful Dr. Jody Carrington. She's a child psychologist who focuses on the well being of their caregivers. She's on a mission to change education and make a reconnection revolution. Her energy is contagious and her passion is motivating. If you didn't listen to our pre-COVID chat, make sure to listen to episode eight. Today, we're talking about why forgiveness is a tool that amplifies your authentic power and how to start creating energetic boundaries in your life. Listen, we all have people in our lives who aren't on the same spiritual path as us. You may have a significant other, friend, or family member whose energy is a drain on your vibe. They may have even deeply hurt you. The thing is, it's not realistic to get rid of every negative family member or friend in your life. Part of being spiritual and evolving is learning how to navigate and live within the world as it is, to allow these interactions to teach you how to evolve even higher and to keep your energy so high you convert the energy of those around you. So forgiveness and creating energetic boundaries are wonderful tools for keeping you within that higher energy state. After all, higher energy converts lower energy and never the other way around. To lower your energy as a reaction to someone else is a choice. Knowing this and then practicing these techniques allows you to stay within your authentic power cocoon. When you forgive, you free up a lot of space for inner growth. 
The good space stands for creating space in your life, space for expansion, for love, for grace, learning to winnow away the unnecessary and embrace your truest self, which is what I wish most for you after you listen to this, that you feel hope, expansion, and readiness to free up some space. And by creating that space, you can make the world around you a better place. (laughs) You ready? This may be hard to accept, but the pain that someone else triggers in you isn't personal. The simple truth, they lack the ability to be what you need them to be. People who hurt you often are feeling their own pain and lack the space to offer love, warmth, and compassion at the level you need. Fred Luskin, in his book Forgive for Good, says, remember that feeling hurt does not automatically mean someone meant to hurt you, end quote. Each of us comes to the physical plane for growth. To evolve into more perfect souls, we each have parts of our souls that need healing, so we naturally have weaknesses. Then, as we accumulate experiences in childhood and life, we create walls, fears, and can feel triggered by certain events, words, or circumstances, otherwise known as trauma. We each act as sounding boards to one another, where my action may trigger something in you and vice versa. Many times, someone didn't do anything inherently wrong, but triggered a hurt or weakness within you. You may trigger that in someone else, too. That's why relationships are sometimes the toughest, yet most rewarding part of life. We can have our faults and strengths mirrored back to us, which causes us to learn and evolve even higher and faster. We can literally help one another evolve to our highest selves. This must be why Harvard would agree that relationships are the most fulfilling aspect of life. They conducted a 75-year study on happiness and found that it was quality of relationships that equated to the most happiness, not wealth or status. This isn't saying you need to excuse or accept poor behavior, only that understanding it's not personal helps you hold on to your personal power. When you fully accept that your reactions and actions are 100% your responsibility, you'll expect the same from everyone else. Their pain isn't a reflection of you. In an ideal world, we would allow each other the space to grow, to see a harsh reaction or judgment not as a personal attack, but a cry out for help from the other person, taking full responsibility for our reactions and boundaries. Anytime we react with defensiveness, that's our ego at play. So take inventory of when you feel triggered and use that as a map to a deeper rooted problem to figure out what really is at play here that I'm feeling this way. I'm not saying you can't feel anger or hurt or disappointment. Feel away, my friend, but don't forget to use those emotions to your advantage. Ask yourself why you're processing anger or hurt. Why do you feel disappointed? You might as well get some good old evolution out of those sucky feelings. To stretch this a little further, when it comes to others' opinions or even your reputation, remember these words from Dr. Wayne Dyer. The only thing I can control is my character, which comes from my thoughts and the love I have inside, not my reputation and what other people think of me. End quote. Release those grudges. Forgive. What others think or feel is none of your business. Traveling on your journey with happiness and following your joy is your business, your mission. As Fred Luskin says, life may not be perfect, but you can learn to suffer less. You can learn to forgive and you can learn to heal. All right, so let's talk about learning to forgive and how we can do it now. We can waste a lot of sacred inner space holding on to unnecessary judgments and grudges. Is there someone you haven't forgiven yet? Is there someone you blame for your current circumstance? 
Fred Luskin, in his book, Forgive for Good, states that forming a grievance that interferes with your life follows a three-step process. Step one is taking an offense too personally. Step two is blaming the offender for how you feel. Step three is when you create a grievance story. We frame the way we see the world through the stories we create about people and events, which then informs how we act. Stories can reinforce beliefs that hinder our ability to act with responsibility, A-B-I-L-I-T-Y. Here are a few examples of how this framework can be applied to real life. So remember, step one is taking an offense too personally. This can look like that cashier at the grocery store had way too much attitude. I feel so angry. They ruined my day. Step two, remember, is blaming the offender for how you feel. So this can look like, it's the cashier's fault I'm feeling upset and angry. Step three is when you create a grievance story. This is when you lock in that offense and that blaming and you create now a narrative which then locks into your emotional system and your energetic system. See, it's true that no one likes me or respects me. All right, here's another example. So in step one, Someone could say, my partner is playing video games and not paying attention to me. I'm irritated and I feel inadequate. So they're taking an offense too personally, even if the person didn't mean to offend them. In step two, that same person would say, it's my partner's fault. I'm feeling irritated and inadequate. So they're blaming the offender. They're blaming the person for how they're feeling. And then in step three, they would say something like, this is proof I'm not enough and will always have to prove my worth. So that's the grievance story that they tell themselves in their mind. And so because they've created that story in their mind, they are more likely to act a certain way in the relationship or in their life because that's what they tell themselves. It's interesting how much we get offended than create stories or narratives around things. That's why we bottle up toxic energy and emotion. It's hard to let things go when you've made your mind up in a compelling way. You won't even recognize the stories you make consciously until you do. Becoming conscious in your life is by no means effortless. I still find myself having to refresh on the basics because uprooting unconscious habits takes time, but it's worth it, 100%. Life won't feel as fulfilling if you're not constantly improving. Take heart though, because eventually you'll have the conscious habits on autopilot, but until then you need to offer yourself grace and understanding. The stories we hold about life often determine what we accomplish and who we become. Imagine the buried stories you hold about yourself and others without realizing it. Take some time this week to question what you take too personally so you can start unearthing your stories. Once you've unearthed unhealthy stories, you're in a position to change them, to debunk them, and choose more empowering ones. When you discover your own unhelpful stories, I challenge you to sit with it. Don't run. Don't blame. Let it float in the air. And ask yourself, what does my inner wisdom think about this situation? Then sit in reverence and prepare to be amazed by the answers you receive. Earlier this week, I tried this practice and the answer I got was, you are enough. Let this go. You are worthy just by existing, followed by a grounding, expansive, warm feeling. Cool, right? So even though it is normal and natural for you to feel these things, you can still stop yourself in awareness and just remind yourself to be centered and to feel what your inner wisdom is telling you. And then you get better and better at catching these stories ahead of time. And you can stop yourself at step one or two and 
learn to let go much sooner. Now, let's talk about a few proactive approaches. I'm going to specifically talk about practicing positive emotion refocusing technique. Maybe you know talking to a certain neighbor or relative triggers you. It's crucial to learn how to maintain peace no matter how upsetting a situation is. And it's especially important to have your mind made up before you actually step into a situation that you know ahead of time is a trigger for you. This practice helps you prevent anger and hurt from overwhelming you. It also helps you know if a visit with a relative you don't like or any other situation is healthy for you or not. So if you go into the situation and you realize, you know what, I really shouldn't be around this person anymore, you're going to know if that's the case or not when you are in a more centered and calm spot. This is an excerpt from the same book, Forgive for Good. Luskin says, When you are feeling the effects of an unresolved grievance or ongoing relationship problem, bring your attention fully to your stomach as you slowly draw in and out two deep breaths. As you inhale, allow the air to gently push your belly out. As you exhale, consciously relax your belly so that it feels soft. On the third full and deep inhalation, bring to your mind's eye an image of someone you love or of a beautiful scene in nature that fills you with awe and wonder. Often people have a stronger response when they imagine their positive feelings are centered in the area around their heart. While practicing, continue with the soft belly breathing. Ask the relaxed and peaceful part of you what you can do to resolve your difficulty. End quote. The point of this exercise is to see what arises and act upon that revelation. Your ego may resist or fight, but stay focused on that deep knowing. This seems like a simple exercise, but I promise you it is worth the time and effort. The problem that I run into is when I'm feeling nervous or worried or offended or whatever, the last thing I want to do is stop myself from feeling those things. I want to go through step two and three. I want to create that grievance story because that's the ego and that's the quick response that I've trained myself to live within. So when you're doing this, you really have to be committed to the higher version of yourself, to resolving the issue. And even if it feels uncomfortable, even if you feel irritated doing this, you just have to do it. You have to do it despite those emotions. It's never going to feel like the right time. You're never going to naturally be like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to feel centered. No, you have to literally train yourself as if you're two different people. So imagine that your future self is the one who knows that you're supposed to do this technique and it's telling your current self what to do. Now that you know how to practice positive emotion refocusing technique, let's also talk about how to create boundaries. So this is more of a protection for your energy. Another way to maintain peace in a more proactive way is through boundary creation. Boundaries can act as loving barriers to stop you from losing your sense of responsibility or your sense of self. And happiness is the way Dr. Wayne Dyer says, you need to draw boundaries with other people including the ones who love you the most, such as your partner, your children, and other family members, your friends, and so on. You must let them know you have to be your own person. And when they want you to be something you can't be because it conflicts with where you are on your path of enlightenment, you'll have to say no, end quote. This concept was tough for me to practice. I used to feel responsible for the behaviors and emotions of others, attaching guilt and obligation to my actions rather than acting from the heart. I felt guilty in my young 20s when I wanted something different than my parents or felt obligated to say yes to most everything a friend asked. Anna Polchowski explains boundaries perfectly. She says, 
When I began realizing the difference between owning others' problems and giving them support, I started creating my own positive space. This has a lot to do with boundaries, where someone else ends and where you begin. I realized I don't need to take responsibility for other people. If someone hasn't called me back after three tries of calling them, it's not my fault or responsibility to get them to call me. If there is a pause in conversation, it's not my job to fill it. It is possible to accept the way others are and arrange the pieces that are given, not try to make up for them, end quote. So powerful. Those in your life are 100% responsible for their actions and reactions. You don't have to make up for what they lack. You don't have to feel any of their voids. Learn to accept others as they are and support them where needed. Focus on finding joy in your everyday. That's something you can control. Now it's time for an affirmation. I embrace and accept that my emotions and reactions are my responsibility. I lovingly allow others the same freedom and choose love and compassion every time. What part of today's episode resonated the most with you? Please share a screenshot with your biggest takeaway on Instagram and tag at findyourgoodspace. The positive emotion refocusing technique steps mentioned earlier will be listed in the show notes for today, along with a link to the books mentioned. If you wish you had a friend you could talk to about this topic, make sure to join our private Facebook group. The link is in the show notes as well. See you soon.